Good morning. Well, uh, this morning we're continuing this series looking at Discipling Like Jesus. That's the resource uh, that church is using here, uh, book, but I'm kind of preaching through this idea of discipleship. And so today we're going to look at Ephesians. I invite you to turn to Ephesians chapter 4, and we're going to uh, start reading at verse 13. Ephesians 4, 13. Until all of us come to the unity of faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God, to maturity, to the measure of the full stature of Christ. We must no longer be children tossed to and fro and blown about by every wind of doctrine, by people tr people's trickery, by their craftiness in deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we must grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit, joined and knit together by every ligament with which it is equipped. As each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth in building itself up in love. Let us pray. Lord, we just, as always, praise and thank you for your faithfulness and just pray as we look at this passage and think about discipleship and the next aspects of what that means, that you be among us and that you teach and that all that is said and shared be for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, here in this passage, I, I'm doing something that I, I, I don't really like to do very often. We, we started reading in the middle of the sentence. But, you know, sometimes with Paul, is sentences will go on uh, for entire chapter and if you if you didn't start in the middle of a sentence you'd just be adding everything and uh, also in the in the original Greek there weren't wasn't punctuation when it was written so but to make sure you get the context what Paul's talking about is the body of Christ and people having different gifts and everybody serving together and what the point is and the unity that we're to get and then talks about even the leadership gifts and, and, and leading and the, those that are teachers and shepherds and when all of it's functioning it's it's for raising up people that all of us that the saints that's that's all of us uh, for ministry that we're all in ministry we're all to be doing and being a part of the body so that's what he is talking about, kind of when the body of Christ, that's all the followers, all the people, not even just a specific church, but, but believers are functioning how they're supposed to be, how it's designed when, when, when it's all doing what it's supposed to do. The purpose, the goal, is what we read here. You do all that, you, you want to be doing all the stuff so that you can then go on and do what, what Paul's talking about. So I want to make sure you understood that. And the other thing is just to kind of remind you where we are in this, in this series. You know, the first week we looked at, you know, what discipleship is, kind of defining the word biblically. The second week we, we looked at, you know, what does it look like? And it was kind of an overview of some of what we're going to talk about. And then in the resource we're using, what we're going to do is breaking things down, uh, kind of divide in discipleship and areas of it into kind of six six categories and we'll look at a couple a week and last week we looked at worship and hospitality and we talked corporate worship corporate hospitality but really the goal is personal worship and devotion and, and personal hospitality and living that out so this week 
We've got two that we're going to look at. And the first one we're going to think about where, where this passage fits in is what, what is re- referred to as a life open to God. A life just, just open to God and to what God would want to do, open to, to growing and learning and, and, and seeking God, open to God. Now, that's kind of the goal of the whole thing of discipleship. You've got to be open to God to, to follow. But I want us to get where this is so important. And in this passage, uh, in, in this passage that we read, where it says, until all of us come to the unity of faith, so that everybody is kind of connected by our faith. And I understand faith involves action. Faith involves not just what you believe, but you know, putting it into practice. Faith involves uh, discovering God's faithfulness as you step out in faith, all those things. So we'll all get that. And the knowledge of Christ that can bring us to maturity. And it goes on to talk about growing and maturing. And Well, the word knowledge, a knowledge of Christ, there again it falls back to something, and we kind of did the overview and thought about discipleship that we get bogged down in. But when we see, when in our current um, culture and where we are in the Western world, when we see the word knowledge, we think of, of information. As we said, discipleship is more about transformation than information. But, you know, we see knowledge here, and we think information. I mean, we go to school to gain knowledge, to get a degree, to, you know, we are bombarded by information. We think in terms of information, of learning about. You go to seminary, and you're going to learn. You're going to grow in knowledge of God and, and, and Scripture if you go, you know, get a degree in it. That is not what this word means. As one of the things that, that gets us into trouble, I think, is when we see the word knowledge, biblically, we think information because that's how we, we... But you have to remember, we are in a written culture that, that writing and literacy and information, I mean, is, is everything. And so when we see knowledge and think about the word knowledge, it means for us, you know, hey, give me some information on that. Let me go Google that and find out more about what that means. And I've grown in some information, some knowledge. That is not what it, that word means biblically. In the ancient world, in, in, in the time of Paul is living, as we've said so many times, it is an oral culture. It's an ancient oral culture that is defined by relationships. I mean, you weren't known unless you communicated what you thought to someone else. Relationships and, and oral sharing of story and idea. You know, most people were illiterate. They didn't read. So when it says grow in your knowledge of something, it, we think, oh, let's, let's go look that up, read a book about that. Well, that is not what the word meant. You, you didn't grow in knowledge of something by going and reading about it. or uh, go. It is relational. What that word knowledge means, experiential knowledge. It means to experience and to grow in, in knowing relationally Jesus Christ now when you when you begin to think of it like that and you can kind of change that word when you see it in scripture from you know just information to experiential knowledge it adds a level of truth and, and explanation it can help things make a lot of sense and so here where it says that 
knowledge of Christ. It's, it's experiential relational knowledge. The idea that you know, getting to really know. Now, one of the things when we think that, and we like that, but it's getting to really know God. Being, and that's when we talk about a life open to God. You know, not exactly a life open to what you want God to be. Not exactly a life of what you are open to um, how you think God should be or, or open to certain things about God or even open to what God would do for you. A life really open to relationally connecting with God. You enter into a relationship with someone. My wife and I are just about to have our 25th wedding anniversary. And I'll tell you, you know, we first went out to date, and you know, there was connection, there was stuff, and getting to, to know her. But, you know, for, for a while, it's, you know, you got the first date, and then you, you're dating, and you want, do I look okay? Am I going to say the right thing? Am I going to do the right thing? Is it going to be okay? Well, there's this uncertainty, and you, you try to think what the other person's going to think and do. And after 25 years, and I'm just, she knows me. She, she knows everything. Good, bad, all the stuff. And there's still stuff she's getting to know about me, and I'm getting to know about myself, and I'm getting to know about her. But there's a level of just growing and experiential knowledge. It's not about information. It would be easier, even if you're not married or single or you know, divorced or whatever. I sometimes just talk about you know, kids and wife because that's my reality and world. But you know, if you're single, think about a relationship with someone else, a friend, getting to know a friend. It, you, just, you can only get so much if you've got, you know, you got an email about that person. Well, I've got some more knowledge, information about them, but that is not anywhere the same. Is, is getting to know them. And, and you see, the thing is, one of the things I've seen throughout the years, one of the things that gets um, maybe a problem for us, I, I've mentioned before, is our assumptions. Our ways that we kind of project and, and fill in the gaps of a story. Or If we weren't able to do that, and we look at it, like it's a bad thing. Uh, sometimes I talk about it like it's a bad thing, you know, to, to make assumptions about situations and people and things. Well, if we weren't able to do that, we would we would we would have all died when we were hunter gatherers and been eaten by bears, because you know the fact that we could look at the situation and say, you know, maybe I should run, because we keep those assumptions. It can be a good thing. But in deeper relationship with people, you you have to get past that. What the assumptions are. I mean, that's just the way relationship works with any relationship, whether it's a relationship at work, with a boss, within a church, with other people. So getting past that, and it's true in our relationship with God. That one of the things that I've noticed over the years, and you're just doing ministry, and I'm not saying this is a biblical principle, I'm not saying, but this is kind of my observation is so many times when you get when people begin to be hungry for God and want to experience God they they sometimes have a tendency to, to this is how, you know how I want to experience God they'll see it in someone else or they'll hear about how God showed up somewhere or did something or how God worked in somebody else's life and they you know get hungry for that or read something in scripture that you know I want that to happen it's not a bad thing and God sometimes gives us a glimpse of that as we go on the journey but something I've noticed 
It's sometimes the people that really want, I want God to do this. God, God doesn't do it exactly like they want it. But the, the flip side is true. Sometimes I've seen people as they get hungry for God, and they're like, I, I want to know more about God. But here's the thing I don't want to happen. I do not want a God that does this or acts like that. or does. I, I don't want a God that shows up like that. That's weird. I'm not open to that. Well, I have seen over and over that those are the people that God, God kind of will, will show up in a, in a way they, they weren't expecting. Both sides. And sometimes when you look at it, and you th- in, in, in our modern world that we think information and figuring out and we want to cause and effect and we want to figure out information and have a solution, we think God is just kind of, that's uncomfortable. I mean, what does God do the opposite of what we want? God is God, you know, what we, if I said, God, if you did this, you know, God, if, if I make it, you know, every, if I hit every green light on my way to this event, then I'm going to know this is what you want me to do. And maybe God didn't work that way in that situation. We have a tendency to think, well, if I was God, I would do what they want. Well, I want us to realize when you change that word from in knowledge, from thinking information, information, to gather information, to come up with a solution, to come up with an answer, it's not about information. It is about experiential knowledge in a relationship that makes sense. Because we've all been in relationships, or uh, if you think about parent-child, or either if you don't have kids, then you were at some point a child. Either way, you've experienced it. You know that moment that your kids, you know, there's a moment that, you know, you know Daddy, I love you. Daddy, you're great. You're a great dad. And, and you can just tell, and you know it's authentic, and it's, it's true, and it's, it's great. And they really just, and you also can can sometimes sense, sometimes maybe not, that they're just kind of buttering you up. Dad, you're great. It's just because they want something. And sometimes our assumptions can be wrong. we got to get past that. And, but we know that in other relationships, friend relationships. I think back in you know, high school, that was a biggie. You know, you'd be friends with someone because they had a car. If you didn't have a car, then they got transportation. Hey, man. Yeah be their friend you know and and those relationships that are about what what it can do for you and and there's a certain level that all relationships are kind of like that but where they last and they go deeper than that is when it gets past that when it's not about what what they can do for you and if it stays at that level we all know that's just creepy it's surface it does it doesn't last it no one wants to be around somebody that's their friend just because of what, what they can offer them. If that's the way you go into any relationship, it's just about what I, I so want you to, to be this for me and do this for me. I mean, and sometimes we're all like that, and you've got to work through it. It's not healthy in the relationship if it's going to be real and authentic and grow deeper and lasting. And we know that's uncomfortable. It's, it, that's not the way it works. Well, it's the same way with God. If what we want is a knowledge of God because we want God to do these things the way we want and and all we want is what God can offer, what God can give us, we want God to to show up in a certain way, that is what Paul's talking about is staying at at an immature level, staying at an immature level in the relationship. If it's just about what you can do for me, 
And that's often how relationships start. But if it stays there, it, it's just not comfortable. It's not authentic. It's, it's creepy to us. It doesn't last. To the idea of real relationship, and I think that's partly why it seems like God, why didn't God do what I want God to do? Well, because God wants you. God wants to, to work in your life. God doesn't want it to be just about what God can do for you. So, thinking about it, knowledge is relational knowledge. Is where it comes into a life open to God. That aspect of discipleship. A life that is open to God. It is more than just open to some information about God. I'm open for God to, to show up this way I expect. I heard my preacher talk about how this is how God works. And I'm open for God to do that. Well, we're talking about the God. I mean, the creator of the universe. Who loves and created us in his image of relationship. And the, the number one way I mean, God communicates through scripture and relationship. But the number one way that God communicated with the world was the second person of the Trinity, of God, became flesh, tangible, lived among us, and died for us. And sometimes said some wonderful things that were so beautiful and accepting sometimes, some uncomfortable things. But it always begins with God's grace, those things we've talked about, but then died for us to show the desire. God wants to free us and allow us to be in relationship. And, and then through the Spirit is this ongoing under, experiential understanding of this God since the third person so that we will have an ongoing connection and speak and direct in our lives that we learn to follow. I mean, that's it. But it's, it's not about the God we want God to be. We want God, to, and there's sometimes, sometimes I'll find myself, you know, this is how God, God works. I know this is how God works, and God will show me, you had it wrong, Chuck. Or sometimes I'll be, well, this is how I, I'm pretty sure God doesn't work. Now, don't get me wrong. There are absolutes. There are absolute, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I've said that over and over. And God wants us to trust those so that we can go deeper in relationship. And that's what it means to have your life open to God, to what God really might want to do. And it might be something you weren't expecting. And God may work in a way and want to teach you something new about God. That's the way relationship works. So being open to God. And that's where the writers in, in the material we're looking at kind of bring in spiritual disciplines and spiritual gifts. And I've, I've mentioned those in kind of the overview uh, two weeks ago, talked about that, and accountability is one, and other ways of reading scripture, and, and you know, we're getting close, oh, well, not at the end of next month, beginning of the next month, not, not this month, February, but, but March, looking into Lent. One of the things in Lent, want to put out there all kinds of ways that, you know, small ways, large ways, different ways that you can take a next step in your faith, and for people to, to choose those, but just inviting people to just pick four simple ones, something that's challenging to you, you've never done you know sometimes you know we talk about fasting at Lent well fasting you know and there's the Jesus fast and fasting at meals and fasting a meal you know and, and there's some data out there in science that it's actually healthy for you to occasionally fast fast a meal fast a day and you maybe you 
fast. Oh, hey, I'm going to lose some weight. Well, that's not the goal. I find that interesting that it, you know, it, it is, has its benefits, but the goal is to have that time to, 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 to realize you, you set aside something so that you'll invest in being open to God. You think about it in the experiential knowledge versus the just piece of information. It is easier for me, for us to, you know, somebody just send me a note about another person. Hey, send me an email about you. Hey, I've got a new piece of information about them. That's easier, that's quicker, that's simpler than for me to go to lunch with that person or to go give up time to spend time together with them. It always costs a little something. That's what the spiritual disciplines and what ways to kind of shift the norm so that you can be open to what God is doing and where God, your life be open in another way. You know, and sometimes it starts small, and you just mentioned fasting. If you've never fasted before, I, I wouldn't suggest going into a 40-day fast or something. Maybe fast a meal. Every you know, couple of weeks or once a week or try to go a day. You know, try. And, it, and if it's fasting something else, television or fasting, you can give up something else. And But we're going to think about maybe giving up some, but we're also going to think about what do you fill that gap with? What is something you, you, you a next step you can do to help us be open to God's presence? Studying scripture, important. Have you never done it? You start with a verse. Now, you have to be careful. I've said that before. If you start somewhere, start with a verse, but I understand the goal is to get the bigger context. Read, if you can, read a little broader. Because you can always take a verse out of context. When I, when I teach uh, inductive Bible study and talk about how to study scripture, I always give the illustration. It's from like from K author years ago from a book of hers that uses a similar one. Um, but about, you know, look out the window and you see a trunk. If I just said that, if you saw that in a paragraph and you just grabbed that sentence, look out the window and there you see a trunk. Well, what does that mean? I mean, you have no idea. If you live in Africa, it can mean there's an elephant charging us and I see his trunk. If you if you're a zookeeper, it could be look out the window and the elephant's in the wrong place. I better you know. Or it could mean look at the trunk of the new car that my father bought me that's parked in the front yard. Or look at the trunk because my kid put it in reverse instead of uh, forward and it's coming towards the house. Look at the trunk because look they're ready to go on a trip and it's all full of stuff. I mean who knows. Context matters, but start somewhere. Reading scripture can be a key, but with the goal of experiential knowledge. Whatever the discipline is, to grow and being open to God, and however that looks. That's how relationship works. Giving some time, giving some energy into it. The word knowledge isn't just about information, it is about experience. So, so that is the, the principle, uh, a life open to God experientially. And it's to the real God, not just a God we create or want or let God really speak into our lives and can happen in a multitude of ways, countless. But a life open to God for the purpose of, and this is the next piece, and I didn't tell you it at the beginning because I didn't want you to just turn it off because this is one that we don't, you don't just love. Um, and I'll be honest, me too. I've come to love it, but 
on the surface. It's not, it's one we can struggle with. Because you, you, your life open to God for God to lead and teach and grow for the purpose of obeying. Obedience. That's, that's the fourth thing on the list of discipleship. Yet we talked about worship, personal and corporate. We talked about hospitality, personal and corporate. And here a life open to God for a community of faith, a whole body, the body of Christ and individually. And then obedience. And we struggle with that one because it, it's uncomfortable for us to obey. But, you know, still, if you still think in terms of just information, you've written information and I better obey this, that can become legalistic, the law. That, that, and, yeah, the, the God's word is true and God's law's law. But I think Paul's talking about maturing past that. That understand it is for the obedience to follow, to be part of what God wants you to do. When the body of Christ is serving and doing what it's supposed to do and people are operating in their giftedness, there is a reason and a purpose for that that is you will obey. Hear the voice of God and respond. You know, I'll just give one example, and this is from something I said a, a couple of weeks ago when we were talking, you know, about you know, generosity and being that, that being a principle and and you know we say that in the church you often you first think money and you want to think about generosity of time and other stuff but let's just think about money real quick and i said greed is one of the most deadliest forces on the planet is greed causes all kinds of destruction and the biblical antidote to greed is generosity if you discover some greediness and pride and coveting coming in your life and you want to just go write a check that's the biblical antidote to that. But you can't just stay at that level and think, well, I'm going to be generous when I sense some greed. And the, the point of being generous is so I'm not greedy. It's all a, that's all about me. Yeah, that's what Paul's saying. You've got to mature past that. And they're saying, yes, it's about you, and there will be benefits for you if you operate on what God says. And yes, not wanting you to be greedy. and get, But there's a bigger purpose. I don't want you to be greedy because I want you to be able to give. So you can give to a ministry or a thing or a person or something that God wants you to give to so that you can be part of kingdom work that changes the world. It's one of the problems, you know, we, we, Scripture says, you know, borrower is slave to the lender. We get in so much debt and we have a culture that is just overwhelmed with debt. We, think, we just think in terms of debt. Borrow a slave to the lender. That you know, but that's true. If God showed up in your life and said, "I want you to give this amount or give resources to that that thing or that," sometimes we may have to say, "Well, God, I can't because you know I got this got this debt. I don't have it. I got to pay off this debt because I wanted this whatever." That's where you're a slave to that. That God may want us to learn generosity. So yes. Be the antidote to greed in your life, but that's not where it stops to mature us to the point to follow and listen and be able to give to, to something bigger. Or maybe, here's another example, maybe you learn generosity in your life so that you give so you learn to live on less, so that you're free to go do whatever it is God wants you to do. We've got some friends that are prepared, they're, all, they're, they're getting close to moving to Africa as missionaries. 
a couple and three of their four kids. And, you know, the fourth one's in high school, and, and just it, it's the right thing for them, the family. But to move to Africa, I mean, 10 years ago, they would have not thought that was what was going to happen in their lives. But as they've been open to God and followed and listened, been open and little steps of obedience along the way, and now I mean, they're heading off to Africa. And that may freak you out. I don't want to be led off to Africa by God. Well, God will. God is gentle. The Spirit is, is gentle and will work with us. He's going to lead you somewhere that's not going to give you to be a part. And, but so many times we, we work so hard at it. We've got to figure it out. We try so hard. I've got to make it happen. My, my experience has been if we just relax and let God and be open to God, understanding that the, the target is a step of obedience. You know, and, and there I mentioned financial stuff. It could be other stuff in your life. I mean, I, I hope that, you know, when I go to heaven, wherever heaven is, however that works, and wherever I'm, I meet Jesus, or I, I'm told that statement in Scripture, you know, well done, a good and faithful servant. I hope that. But the truth is also going to be, well done, a good and faithful servant. But there were some times you didn't listen. I don't want to. I don't want to hear. Well done, but you know those countless hours you spent binge watching the British baking show. Maybe you could have backed down on that a little bit. If you'd have listened to me, maybe it could have been a little less because it was there was a neighbor who was really struggling, who your story could have connected with. Now, you know, God may meet him, someone else, and God is gracious when we, when we don't get it and we won't pay attention. If we're still seeking, he's gracious to show up. But understand, a life open to God for a community of faith, an individual, a small group. So God will cultivate things in you, and yes, correct and direct. And, but there is a bigger purpose that that is going to require our obedience to be part of the kingdom things that change the world. And when we just relax and let God, let God do it, bring it forth and, and step out and try and see what happens. Those are the things that only God gets the glory for. And that's the real kingdom stuff. So today I want us to realize this life of discipleship, a life that's open to God, the triune God that really wants you to not just want the stuff, what God can do for you or what God did for you, it's all great, but wanting to know experientially God, to trust God enough to not just be stuck at information and, and rules and do's and don'ts, but move forward, mature out of that, mature forward so that you can grow deeper in that relationship and recognize the voice and let God correct and gently direct so that you can be obedient in some ways that would be and it can be obedience to maybe moving to Africa or somewhere it can be obedience to hey I want you to go walk across the room and say hello to someone obedience to, to reaching out to someone else obedience to volunteering at a a ministry 
it's, it's doing some real effective stuff. Obedience, it's starting something new. Obedience, it's something simple. You see that in Scripture. Philip, you know, just the obedience guy. Yeah, hey, go run by that chariot and see what the, see what's going on. Changed Ethiopia because he was obedient to just oh okay. But that's that's what a life open and following in the target. So to remember worship, corporate and personal. Hospitality is corporate and personal living out. And a life open to God, that's corporate for a congregation and personal. For the purpose of obedience. Just just relax and be open to it. See what God will do. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we praise you and thank you as always for your faithfulness. Help us to be open to you. To the real you. Some, it, it often just starts you, what, we, what we can experience of you, what you've done for us, what you want to do for us. That's okay. Well, we'll get out of the relationship. But help us to be open and maturing past that. To really want to experientially know you deeper. So that we can respond and obey and be part of what you would want the kingdom to be a part of, how, what our piece of it is, what, what you want to bring out in us that we don't even know is there, that you only get the glory for, that is part of the transformation of the world. And we just be open to that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.